Radio Theater Project. Radio Theater Project. A radio drama series featuring comedy, science fiction, and mystery. 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 Old stories and new. Radio Theater Project. Theater of the mind for today. Eugene Valmont, the greatest detective ever? No. Adelaide Simard, the most put-upon assistant ever? We. Presenting the mysterious triumphs of Eugene Valmont, based on the stories by Robert Barr, adapted and written for radio by Heather Elliott. This time, it is the 500 Diamonds, or What Was Valmont Thinking? Can I help you? Package for Eugene Vermont. This is my office. Sign here, Mr. Vermont. Velmont. Velmont. Ten years in New York and no one can say about it. Ah, whatever you say, pal. Eugene Velmont. Oui. Oh, how I miss France some days. What is your package, Velmont? Another case to solve? You will see, Simon. Open it. A book? Six books. And you'll see the other. The Triumphs of Eugene Vermont, an account of the author's extraordinary adventure as a detective in Paris, France, and around the world. <gasps> you finally published your collection of cases. Self-published. No one else will appreciate them as much as I do. You may have a copy if you're interested. Uh, I'll even sign it. What stories did you decide to write? I start with Paris, ten years ago. <gasps> the Diamonds! That's not a happy story. But it brought me to New York, and later, brought you as well. What did you say about me? Oh, that was an adventure, but you know what comes after Pally and the Diamond Affair. And you all know, we are now in possession of a priceless treasure. The necklace of Countess de Lamont, found last week by a workman at the Chateau de Chamont. I thought it was Marie Antoinette who had the necklace. The Countess used the necklace to get money by faking a purchase by Marie Antoinette. All of you must be aware of the history of this find. Look it up online tonight. Do we know how it got to the Chateau de Chaumont? It is of no matter. It's our job to protect the necklace. Everyone who's been involved with it has had fatal accidents. We don't want any of them while it remains in France. The government will be putting it up for auction to the highest bidder in one month. The discovery is bringing uh, international attention to Paris. We have to be prepared for when the tourists arrive. Simard is correct. What are our duties, Monsieur Vamont? Manage publicity and prevent theft of the necklace while it is in Paris. What is the plan? Keep your eyes and ears open, everyone. We will have no cyber attacks, no drive-by shootings, and no hostage situations. While criminals are descending on Paris like vultures, the honor of France is at stake. Will we be receiving aid from the other officers in the police nationale? They will assist if I request them. As my second-in-command, Simard, will be in charge of the list. The list? Yes, the list of all the people in the world capable of purchasing the necklace. We need to be sure the buyer is clean and doesn't get married while in France. From where and when can we expect the buyers to be coming? 
So far, I've calculated two world-renowned jewelers from London, half a dozen millionaires from the United States, as well as a smattering from six United Nations countries. Will translators be available for us? A state-of-the-art mobile translation app will be provided on your telephone portable. Do we contact you directly with questions, Monsieur Vamon? Leave questions and concerns with Simard. She will relay them to me. Specifics on shift schedules will be emailed to everyone by the end of the shift tonight. Dismissed! Monsieur Vemont, the auction should have started 30 minutes ago. What is the delay? You want a secure auction, oui? Friday the 13th, cursed Jews don't like it. The necklace is not cursed. However, it is extremely valuable. We are ensuring that this site is secured. My officers have the building surrounded, and I have plainclothes officers scattered in the cloud. Oh, oui, merci. We can begin. I'll stay here on the wing where I can see everything and direct my officers without disrupting the auction. Three of my officers will escort you and the necklace onto the stage. Merci, merci. Bonjour, madame et monsieur. Ladies and gentlemen, the government of France welcomes you for the auctioning of the Le Maudamine Necklace. The reserve price is substantial with no further delay. The bidding floor is open. 20,000 euros. 300,000. Simard, does the perimeter look good? It looks clear, monsieur. Bidding started on the necklace. The sooner that pile of diamonds is out of France, the better. Oui, monsieur. I'm heading back to the auction. Three million eighty-two thousand and five hundred euro. Do I hear three million ninety thousand? I bid seven point two million dollars. The auction's over. An American is not on our list. Sending everyone a picture now. The one million two hundred thousand American dollar? Sold. What name, monsieur? Cash. I'll take the diamonds with me now. Uh, I, uh, are you sure? I do not think... I know what you think. You think the money is fake. The bank is practically next door. It'll only take a minute for them to prove it's real. I'll take that necklace with me. Dupont, Devol, take the case of money to the bank with Monsieur Legroff from the Ministry of the Interior. Thanks. Simard? Oui? The American will come out soon. Don't lose sight of him on the necklace. You should send someone else in case he has a partner to pass the necklace off to. There's no one else. If he hands it off to someone, I'll need an extra person. Just do as I tell you, Simon. The American's money is genuine? Naturally. I advise you not to hand over the necklace. Why? I'm convinced the bidder is a criminal. If you have proof, arrest him. Not at the moment, but I want you to delay. No. The money has already been deposited into the government's account. We can't hold on to over six million euros and refuse to give him what he purchased. Ladies and gentlemen, the necklace belongs to Monsieur. You should protect the necklace, Peter, Monsieur. A jacket pocket is a dangerous place. I'll take my chances, but... 
My friend Mr. Brown will keep everyone in the building until I'm gone. Au revoir. That's right. Ain't nobody moving until I says so. Most of you peoples here are the rich and upstanding sort, but there's a whole gang of them that ain't too. Nobody honest here would mind if we give the buyer a few minutes head start, eh? Yeah. I am honest and I object. Hey, watch it there, mister. Anyone who moves, I shoot. I am Eugene Velmont, chief detective of the prefecture of police. Stand aside. We'll protect your worthy friend. Watch your moves, copper. My friend is from New York, and he don't like police any more than he likes crooks. Bet you got 20 undercover cops in here, but it don't matter. No one's moving till that fancy clock over there hits 3 p.m. Hands up, Vermont. I don't want no cops waiting outside for me. Point your gun a little to the left away from me, and I'll keep both hands on the podium. Ah, merci, <laughs> Monsieur Brown. The fool. He's all been obliging, especially you, Mr. Vermont. Belmont. Gesundheit. Hey, but I gotta run. Nobody moves till I'm out of the door. Out of my way! Follow them. They're both outside. Well, is the short American? What short American? The short one. You saw him inside. No, I didn't. There are two Americans. The tall one with the necklace and the short one with the gun. Only one man left. About five minutes ago. I don't know if he was tall or short. Five minutes? That's the tall American with the necklace. Which way did he go? West. Yes, he went west. Simard, you idiot. What are you doing here? Monsieur Vermont, you didn't call me with direction. You were supposed to call me. Where did the American go? Down the side street. Then why are you standing here like a fool? I, I followed him up to here. The other man got a taxi and drove toward the Place de l'Opera. That must be his friend, Monsieur Brown. Why didn't you follow the taxi? You told me to follow only the American you sent a picture of. There should have been another officer with me. Oh, yes, yes. We uh, will deal with that later. Uh, do you know the number of the taxi? No. Was the other man the American about uh, so high? The man in the taxi? No. He was French and taller. How do you know? He looked French and spoke the language. Ha! Oh, zut! It's not Monsieur Brown. Did this other man speak to the American who had the necklace? No. He told the taxi to drive him to the Madeleine as quick as he could. Describe this man. I took a quick picture of mon portable. Here. The picture is blurry, but you can see he has a full black beard and a mustache. I'd say he was about to head shorter than the American. The tall American? I wasn't there. How tall is tall? Taller than me. Yes, he'd be shorter than the tall man. We need to compare notes with the other officers and send alerts out with pictures of these four men. Four? The two Americans I saw at the auction, plus the bearded Frenchman and taxi driver you saw. Four. Back to the auction and then to my office. Mr. Valmont, what can you tell us about the current location of the diamond necklace? It's been six hours since it disappeared. It has not been located. Are there arrest warrants out for the buyer and his accomplice? We do not wish to arrest, just to protect the jewels and the buyer from anyone who would cause harm. My sources say the disappearing act was an inside job. What do you have to say about that? The 
private security guard at the auction was bribed to leave the back door unlocked. He has been detained in question. Do you have any leads on where the buyer has disappeared to? Or who his friend was? Nothing solid. Excuse me. Simard. I was afraid the journalists would end you. No more than usual. Good. Then what the hell is wrong with you? The American paid in full in cash. Why are you so intent on finding him? Too many unanswered questions. He must be a thief. Why else wouldn't he give his name? Or have Monsieur Brown hold up the auction? Why be so careless with the necklace? You saw him? He puts the case right in his outside pocket, not even trying to hide it. I wasn't in the auction. I was waiting outside for directions you never gave me. I should have sent another officer with you. Thank you for acknowledging I was right. You were not right. You were objective in the situation. Good head about you, Simard. I should listen to you more often. Any leads on the taxi driver? No. Just a moment. We? Oui? You have? I'll be right up. Lavard found a taxi driver with the information for us. Upstairs. Monsieur Evel, I am Detective Velmont. Repeat to me what you told my officer about your passenger. He had a short black beard when he got out of my taxi, but uh, not when he got in. He put on a beard in the back of your car? He must have. Was he French? No. Uh, British or American, I suppose. Was he carrying a box? No. But he had a small leather bag. Uh, he said to follow the cab in front, uh, the one headed towards the Madeleine. In English? French. But with a foreign accent. Like I said. Simon, you told me the American went down the side street. He must have come back. He gotten into the taxi right behind you. I could not look in two directions at the same time. Lots of taxi cars go up and down the boulevards, and the street was crowded with pedestrians. You followed the other taxi? Oh, oui, mon chevalier. Ah, uh, for several minutes. Up and down the streets until we reached the Pont de Neuf. My passenger got out and he was wearing a black beard. What about the passenger of the first taxi? Uh, he got out and paid his driver. Uh, then he went down to the river and uh, boarded a small boat. It, it seemed to be waiting for him. Did he look behind or appear to know he was being followed? No. And your passenger, what did he do? Uh, he ran after the first man. And he went aboard. And that's the last you saw of either man? Ah, oh, oui, monsieur. What time did you reach the Pont de Neuf? Uh, I don't know without checking my logs. Uh, the distance is uh, seven to eight kilometers. And I was driving uh, a bit over the posted speed limit. Uh, you could do it in under 20 minutes, monsieur, Amen? Uh, easily, but uh, I, I, I don't do it often. Then you must have reached Duff Bridge about uh, 3.45. Probably. Hmm. Thank you for your information. It's been helpful. You didn't have to paint me a fool, Vermont. You could have done better. Stop blaming me for the American getting away. All right. I'll stop. I know his plans, thief or not. 
It's obvious he put his luggage on the boat in the morning and the leather bag the taxi driver saw was for holding his disguises. So all he needed was someone waiting on the side street to give him his disguise. Precisely. And it wasn't so risky to hand the diamond necklace off to another man because he followed that man all the way to the river. Do you think he's headed to the coast? Probably La Hava, to catch a flight back to New York. Ah, uh, the police won't be there looking for him. Clever. He wanted to leave Paris without being followed. The taxi was the only faulty point, and his friend with the gun made sure he had plenty of time to find a taxi. Why would an innocent man hold up an auction while he got away? That stone gives me a perfectly legal reason to arrest them both when we meet them at Boulogne. Le Havre? Boulogne. Ah, to intercept them. I took a look at the maps, allowing for the size of boat, weather, navigation, current, time of day. Get on with it. All of that leaves the likely intercepted point to be Milan. We'd better get to the airport? No, we drive. Ridiculous expense to fly when we have plenty of time to get there first. I suppose you're planning on a leisurely drive? Of course not. Get to Pont de and meet me on the street in ten minutes. I need to call ahead. We had better have beat the boat here, Vermont. Only authorized people are allowed on the locks. Sipon, Levard, cross the river and wait for my orders. I am Detective Eugene Vermont from Paris. I called around 11.15 with orders to hold a private boat matching this description. Paris? It's almost midnight. You made good time. Are they here? No boats in the past hour. Do you think it'll be hostile? I expect the captain will be obliging, otherwise he will have his boat confiscated. Has it been sighted anywhere along the river? An idiot police officer on Dainoval radioed them as they left the dock. They'll know we are waiting, but don't know where. It's a 13-kilometer stretch, but uh, they're in there somewhere. <sighs> A long day? You don't know the half of it. Your detective, Valmont, he is hmm, confident. He's a lot of things. Handsome man, yes. He's the best detective in France, but uh, no one could live up to his opinion of himself. What's the time? Just after one in the morning. Do you usually get books at the server? Look, over there, a boat's coming in. Well, the green and red lights, straight ahead, low on the surface. Vermont, the boat is in sight. Dupont, Lavade. Keep out of sight until we know how the captain reacts. All craft, idle your motor and come ashore. What's your name? Jacques. Are you the owner or the operator? Both. Where are you going? Hove. Where did you come from? Paris, at the Pont de Neuf. When did you leave there? 
5.04 this afternoon. Yesterday afternoon, you mean? Yesterday, then. Who hired you? An American. I don't know his name. Wasn't my business. He paid cash, I assume? He paid me what I asked. I am Eugene Vermont, chief detective of the prefecture of police of Paris. At the moment, I have access to all the police in France. You are ordered by a policeman in Denouval to return to the lock there. Why did you ignore him? The lock keeper had no right to order me to turn around, so I kept going. <laughs> you knew damn well it was the police, and you ignored the command. You'll answer for that later. There were two passengers aboard, yes? Yes. Did you put them ashore between here and Denouval? No, but one went overboard, and we couldn't find him again. Which one? The short man. Ah, short. Oh, about here. Then the other American is still aboard? What American? Don't fool around. It's a man who hired you still on the boat. Oh, no, monsieur. He's never been aboard. You mean to say the second man who came aboard at Pont de Neuf is not the American who hired your services? No, the American was a clean-shaven man. This man has a black beard. A thick beard. I didn't know that, and it's not my business. From what the Americans said, I was to take one passenger, one arrived with a small box, and the other with a small bag. I didn't know what to do, so I left Paris with both of them on board. Then the tall man with the black beard is still with you. Oui, monsieur. Is there anything else you could tell me? It's better in the end if you tell it all now. I'm not sure the short man went overboard on his own. The police radioed in in Denuval. Then you knew it was the police. I was afraid it was, but it was too late. Huh? I told him it was dangerous to navigate the Seine after dark, but he insisted, and he paid well. After the police radioed in at Denuval, the man with the small box got excited and insisted I put him ashore. You refused? Of course. The tall man never let him out of his sight the whole trip. So when I heard the splash in the water, I ran aft. We. Oui. I saw the tall man putting the box in his leather bag, but it wasn't my business, so I didn't say anything about it. Did you make an effort to find the busy man? I cruised back and forth across the spot while the tall man searched the water, but there wasn't a trace. I came to Milan and was going to report the man missing. Tall man, short man, didn't you get names? Wasn't was my, my business. business. Oh. Wasn't your business. Uh. I know. For a man with your own business, you do a wonderful job of staying out of it. Was a man who had the diamond necklace a Frenchman? Diamonds? The man with the box. Was he a Frenchman? Oh, oui, monsieur. Merci. We have told the truth. It will go easier with you. The captain of his boat is in police custody at this moment. Open your leather bag for me. Come on. Open it! Happy? For spears, for pistaches, and whatever you need to make them stay on. Ah, here we are. The jewelry case. Hmm, complete with one very expensive diamond necklace. Cure me. Take off that fake beard. <sighs> Might as well. You're not the American from the auction. I could have told you that. Why didn't you? You didn't ask. I am Detective Velmont, Prefecture of Police of Paris. How did you come into possession of these jewels? Am I under arrest? 
31. What am I accused of? First, for being in possession of property which doesn't belong to you. All right, I plead guilty of that. What's the second place? In the second place, you may find yourself accused of murder. I'm innocent of that. The man jumped overboard, and I grabbed the box from him. He was in rightful possession of it. I know. I was at the auction. Then why would the other man jump overboard? I don't know. He seemed panicked when the police ordered us to stop at the other lock. He begged the boat's owner to let him ashore, but the owner refused. I thought he wouldn't make a run for it when he got here, so I didn't let him out of my sight. What was he doing so close to the edge? Sitting. There was a chair. He watched the shore, probably trying to gauge the distance. After half an hour, he jumped up and made a run for the side. That's when I snagged the box. I think he swam ashore. You better hope he did. The owner thinks he drowned. Why were you in the boat at all? Jacob Fletcher, private detective, with an office in London and New York. Oh, red herring! I knew someone would try for that necklace, so I came to keep an eye on it. After I learned the money was good, I waited outside for the buyer to leave, and followed him. He had the case in his hand. You mean in his pocket? It was in his hand when I saw him. He passed it off to the other man and disappeared down a side street. Who did he give it to? The one who jumped into the river. He was the one who hailed a taxi and headed for the Madeleine. What did you do after that? Pulled in another taxi and put on a fake beard to match his so I could pretend to be him if it came down to it. Check up my story. I'm exactly who I say I am. You will accompany me back to Paris. Simon, you have done here. Tell Dupont and Levade to take the boat and its owner back to Paris. You're in the car with me and Monsieur Fletcher. We've got a lot of investigating to do. That's all? You didn't finish the story in your book, Vermont. Of course I did. No. You didn't say Martin Dubois, the missing man from the boat, was found alive, or that Monsieur Brown with the gun was a potent convict from New York and he escaped from the auction at a side door. You already knew that. Only because I was there. If anyone else was reading this... No one else is. Just me, and maybe you, if you want a copy, would you? Of course. I'll autograph it. Black ink or blue? So, you don't plan to add that the American buyer was Jean-Pierre Hazard, founder of a billion-dollar company that manufactures imitation diamonds? I don't see how this is... Uh... All that his plan was to gain publicity by swapping out the real necklace with a fake one to prove how good his company was. From the minute I lost him down the side street, we were chasing fake diamonds. You have a point that's relevant. Maybe I'll add it on a sticky note. Uh, give me one. I'll do it now. And did you even think it was important to mention Monsieur Hazard made the real necklace to himself and then drowned when his private plane went down in the Atlantic a few years ago? Oui, that was unfortunate. Uh, but he planned to make a fool of Europe. So good with it. And that cursed necklace was lost with him. And you didn't say a word about you and I being... Uh, read the next story, Sibard. Read the next This was The Mysterious Triumphs of Eugene Valmont in The 500 Diamonds, based on the stories by Robert Barr, adapted and written for radio by Heather Elliott. Starring Dave Van Meer as Eugene Valmont and Claudia Cimini as Adelaide Simard. Also in the cast were Reed Thompson as John P. Hazard, Innocencia Valderrama as the police officer, Donna Ray Brockman as the auctioneer, Dave Johnson as Mr. Brown, Rebecca Murray as Lockkeeper Jeanette. Other parts played by Joseph McGuire, Terry Peake, James Anderson, Daryl Moffat, Christine Yautzi, Rick Rosini, and Roy Nessel. 
I'm your announcer, Anne Bodle Nash, music director, Jasmine Clemenson, sound design and dialogue editing, Jay Charles, production assistant, Bobby Wiley, recording engineer, Misa Fukuda, recording technician, Roy Nessel, directed by Dave Johnson, produced by Joseph C. McGuire, recorded at KSVR Studios in Mount Vernon, Washington. This is a radio theater project presentation. This program is supported with a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.